Hello and welcome to the Government Digital Service podcast. Uh, my name's Angus Montgomery, I'm a senior writer at GDS and today I'm joined by Sarah Stewart who is also a senior writer at GDS. Hello and thanks for having me. It's um, it's really great to have you here Sarah. Um, I mean we spend all week kind of sitting opposite each other yeah. across a desk and now we're um, going to sit across each other um, and speak into microphones. I quite like the idea that I'm assuming the role of guest speaker with specialist knowledge of any one subject. You're the one with, you're the one with the expertise here, um, <laughs> let's, let's face it. Um, and the reason that it's um, me and Sarah doing this podcast, um, and if you've listened to GDS podcasts before, you'll know that we've um, what we've done previously is kind of either Sarah or I has interviewed um, an expert speaker. So we've had like Neil Williams on Gov.uk, Terence Eden on Open Standards and Emerging Technology, and we've also spoken to the GDS Women's Network. Um, but what we want to do with this podcast, because it is the final podcast, podcast of 2018 is do um, a look at the year in review at GDS, what GDS has done over the last year, um, the things it's achieved, the things it's launched, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just um, go back through those, our take on them. Um, we've, got, we've got some audio clips from the people who are involved as well. Um, and I think the, the Sarah and I, um, because we work across GDS and help, um, our, our job is to help people kind of tell the story of their work. We've kind of had a ringside seat for a lot of this stuff. Um, GDS's work has kind of been split broadly into three themes this year, and this podcast is going to split into those three themes as well. And those three themes are... Transformation, collaboration and innovation. Full marks for that. Thank you very much. Um, So transformation, collaboration, innovation is kind of how GDS talks about its work. And when we first started to use um, those terms at Sprint 18, which was the big events that we held back in May, where we kind of talked to the rest of government and the rest of the wider public about what we were doing. Um, So, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, And Oh, yeah, sorry, just to... Um, someone who did also speak at Sprint, as you well know, and you've worked closely with him uh, throughout this year. It's um, Minister for Implementation Oliver Dowden. Minister for Implementation Oliver Dowden. Here's what he had to say about us. Through transformation, innovation and collaboration, you've not only saved billions of pounds across government, but you've changed the way people interact with government every day. And what you do really matters. It really does genuinely improve people's experience of government in their day-to-day lives. So yeah, Oliver Dowden there kind of really summing up um, what GDS does and why it's here and it's kind of really nice to hear that sort of thing from senior backing. Yeah, exactly. And I think the really encouraging thing about having um, Oliver Dowden kind of overseeing the work of GDS is that he really understands the link up between creating a modern government and involving the tech sector because we have to be honest about you know the limits of government that we don't have all the answers but what we do have in this country is an amazing tech sector that's attracting like billions of pounds of inward investment we've got some amazing companies just literally down the road of course we should be partnering with them and there's like it, it just makes sense for us to all kind of link up with tech sector public sector and you know push push our digital agenda forward yeah, he's been. I think he's been really heavily involved in GDS, particularly recently on yeah. the innovation stuff as well. That's yeah, I suppose we'll come to that in a bit. But yeah, he's been really behind. Or I mean, he announced the innovation strategy. So, and I think the kind of emerging themes from that will really address things like how we connect more with the private sector and how we focus on upskilling existing civil servants and also policymakers so they understand emerging tech. Because yeah. it's kind of I was thinking about it the other day about how you know if you. If people are buying technologies, if people are utilising technologies in government, you, those people who are buying them also kind of need to understand what those technologies do. So yeah, in the same way you'd go to the doctor and say, 
oh, I need, you know, I've got this ailment. The doctor kind of prescribes the information and the medicine. You kind of expect them to know how it works as well. Yeah, it's yeah, not just yeah. going in and just taking something off the shelf. So I think that's, you know, a really encouraging thing that he's championing as well. Yeah, brilliant. Top marks all of that. Um, so, yeah, um, first thing we're going to discuss is transformation. Um, we published a transformation strategy at the beginning of 2017, um, and I think uh, 2017 and, and 2018 have been the years when we've really started to deliver against it, and I think we're now halfway through it. As well. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, and um, growing common components is a big thing. I think one of the aims of the transformation strategy is to drive common components across government, and by common components, obviously, we mean things that can be built once and used again and again by departments like gov.uk Notify and gov.uk Pay. And this year's seen some really impressive examples of services using those things. Yeah, like the um, Foreign and Commonwealth Office, they're using gov.uk Pay to help um, people who are buying it or who need to pay for emergency passports. Um, and also, increasingly, GP surgeries are using gov.uk Notify to remind patients of their appointments, which I really need because <laughs> it just it wastes it, I mean it's improving efficiencies as well because the amount of people who don't turn up to appointments and just oh, that yeah. little reminder is just it's so helpful and they it's always show those dire warnings in GP surgeries don't they of like um, the number of people who've missed appointments that month and how much you know as we know GP surgeries they kind of aren't over-resourced a lot of the time, so it's a real drain on them if that happens. And yeah. Things that will prevent that from happening are amazing. And the really cool thing about kind of these common components, and especially um, Notify, is that it's really meeting people where they're at. So people are looking at their phones. People spend so much time on their phones. It makes sense to have that reminder to your phone. It's it's just efficient and it's it just works. So I'm not surprised that Take Up has been so incredible. Um, yeah, the other, um, one of the other things that's quite exciting is... Um, because a lot of these common components are sort of reaching maturity now that they've been around for a year or so. But what's starting to happen is you're starting to see services using them all together. Mm -hmm. I think the Disclosure and Borrowing Service um, has, is one of the first, or are one of the first people to do that, and we've got some audio. We've relied heavily on GAP components. We're the first service to integrate with three of the GAP components all at once. There you go, the first service to integrate with all three GAP components at once. So I think um, that's really exciting is seeing these things not used in isolation, but seeing whole services built on these things as well. And yeah, that's and that's been a, a huge emphasis this year is end-to-end -end service design. And if you can incorporate those kind of common components, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Going offline or online might be an option for your particular service, but it's nice to have that option to integrate more if you need them to. Yeah, and making it easy for the teams as well. I think if you're starting to use Pay, Notify, uh, platform as a service, um, you're, you know, you as a kind of somewhat a developer working on that team, you've got all this stuff just to hand that you can, you know, build a service really quickly around, and that's that was kind of always the government's platform vision. It's really amazing to see that kind of starting to happen. Yeah, um, I can't remember where I was actually. I went to do some filming this year. I think it might be with DV. Essay, hmm. but they talked about it's not just having common components that you can just take off the shelf, and you know your relationship with GDS is done. So there's a continued relationship, and yeah. they invite feedback, and they want to support you in your use of it. So I think you know we've done quite a lot of work in terms of maybe helping isn't the right word, but like guiding people and being like a you know a supportive friend of you know take up and how they've integrated into their system. Well, again, that's what that, that that is to me exactly exactly that. That's one of the reasons these things are so amazing is because they're designed and built for government. But 
you're not just designing a building something and handing it over to a team saying, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead and use that. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, you can you have a relationship. If you're using pay, you have a relationship with that pay team and you yeah. can give your feedback on it and they can make the product better based on your feedback. And it's it's kind of this symbiotic thing, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we should probably mention, which happened, uh, I think, uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, is that Gov.uk notified won a civil service Awards or the Wowza. team that built it. Wowzers indeed. That's really cool. Big hats off to that team who are awesome. Um, and they won a t- an award, I think, for operational delivery. Um, but basically, the, the award recognised the work that that team has done, not yeah. just to develop the product, but also to support it and to work with government services to make sure that Notify is a great thing to use. So that's really cool. But one of the things we started to do... Um, a lot more this year is work more closely with local authorities. Um, what is it about local authorities? Why, why, why should we work closely with them? I suppose it's because they're the ones who are delivering user-focused services and because the needs of the people that they're dealing with are so complex and the services that they use are so complex as well. So, of course, it makes sense to help them simplify how they're interacting and give them the tools that make that process a lot more straightforward and a lot more efficient. Yeah, I mean, that's brilliant. I think that's kind of a lot of the challenges that we've had, um, uh, or government has had, that GDS has been working on, those are replicated in local authorities. And, and like you say, they're the ones that are kind of delivering a lot of these services, like blue badges and kind of you know, collecting the bins and the things that, mm-hmm. the things that you kind of really, really rhyme you up if they're not done properly as yeah. well. And like, um, so yeah, so GDS being able to get involved in that is, is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a clip from uh, one of the local authorities we've we've been working with, and they use the digital marketplaces. Is Hackney uh, Borough Council, and they're doing some really exciting stuff as well. One of my personal favourite projects that we've um, used Digital Marketplace for in the last year um, was a piece of work to examine what's the opportunity to use digital to improve the recruitment and retention of foster carers, which was incredibly valuable for the council, for our residents, but also could develop a true partnership as well as looking at some longer term opportunities to use technology very differently. Yes, that's Matthew Kane, who's um, I think head of digital at Hackney Council. I mean, that's a really interesting example of the kind of thing a local authority does, like mm-hmm. recruitment of foster carers, and using digital, and in that case, a digital marketplace to improve something like that is, is really cool. The other thing um, that's going to support that, so it's not just kind of um, an ad hoc relationship that we're having mm. with local authorities, is the publication of the um, local digital declaration as well, Yeah, um, which shows our commitment to working with local authorities across the whole of the public sector. And I think it has... 100 signatories on I think it now? 100 signatories. So we're one of the co-publishers, um, I think, with the Department of Housing, Communities and Local Government mm-hmm. and various local authorities. And there are something like 100 signatories um, already. Um, and, yeah, it's a commitment from all the signatories that they will follow these principles of digital development, which are kind of the things that, you know, you would hope that they're talking about, like focusing on user needs mm-hmm. and using the right technology and all that sort of thing. And it's, yeah, you're right, it's kind of really interesting because I think, the world of local authorities is so big like there are so many and they're delivering Mm -hmm. so many different often quite um sort of small and and challenging services and it kind of seems like a world that's like really hard to get a handle on and i think that um it's really interesting to see gds approaching that in a kind of structured way through the local digital declaration but also giving really tangible things that can help like Mm -hmm. common components and and it's amazing to see the progress that has already happened. Yeah. Well. And, and just, just on that, 
um, I used to work for a charity and when people were interacting with their local authorities, it wasn't just the case that they were going for one thing. It was they had a, a kind of mm. a host of different needs that need to be addressed. And local authorities, they're the people who are servicing those needs and making sure that all of those things get done. So, yeah. yeah. And also, um, 2018 was a year in which GDS, um, we launched um, quite a few things and updated quite a few things as well. Yes, like the GDS design system. The GDS design system, which is, I think is really like, this appeals to kind of the geek side of me because um, this is basically, um, it's a collection of all the patterns and components that a designer or a front-end developer, and for the most part, um, would use to create a government service. So you've got things there telling you about how to design a button, which typeface to use, which colours to use. Um, Why is that important? It's important because it, um, in much the same way as the kind of gap components, it's about making it easier for those teams to use something so that they can, you know, they don't have to design their own button style or design their own drop-down menu or whatever. There's one that they can just pull the code from and put it into their service and also then it provides consistency so if all government services are using the same things and the things in the design system are heavily user researched so it's it's the kind of GDS principle of like um, do the hard work for service teams but also provide a consistent experience across all things yeah and it's really like if you want to sort of lose an hour or two then go and have a kind of mess about in it because there's some really cool stuff to, to find and look at. So Geek emerges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been a year of launching and relaunching at GDS. So we introduced um, a new spend controls process um, and we're rewriting the service standard, which you know more about than I do, Angus. Yeah, the service standard is really exciting. And we've, we've blogged um, quite a bit about this already. I think um, Stephen Gill and Lou Down, who are both working on it, have, have written quite a lot. But um, the digital service standard has been around for quite some time and was initially developed primarily to help develop digital touch points and digital services and it's mm-hmm. focused on that and, and the idea of the rewrite is to help government and teams within government think about whole end-to-end services and what that means and um, how they can you know help the user do thing do something from the very start of the service to the very end of it and and it's going to be really exciting and interesting to see um, what that means and how that works and there's quite a lot of blog posts about it as well if you should go to the GDS blog to find out more, as you should do for all the things that we've discussed. Excellent plug. Excellent plug, because there's plenty of amazing writing about all of these things, even if I do say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what else is exciting. What else is exciting, Sarah? Gov.uk is exciting. Gov.uk is never not exciting. It's been a big year for um, the team behind Gov.uk because they've been doing some super cool work with um, organising their content. So they've been kind of doing... Um, supervised machine learning to mm. organise all of the content on gov.uk or in, in certain sections mm. they're organising their content and that means that we can do cool things like voice activation <laughs> and the example is if you speak into a Google voice assistant and say how old do I need to be to you know drive a car the information that is surfaced is gov.uk content and this content is the best yeah it's most authoritative it's, I mean that's, that's really that is amazing I think what's what is really amazing is, like you say, they sorted out the structure of the sites and then they did the, it's like fixing the basics and solving mm. the hard problems and all that stuff that GDS kind of says all the time. Like, this is a really good example of that. Like, sorting out the content, which is really hard and really challenging thing to do. And um, having done that, they can do really exciting like whizzy stuff on it. We were discussing the word whizzy just yesterday. Yes, the amount of times. <laughs> the amount of times. 
but it is but it is but it is whizzy i think you said it was a public schoolboy word which i'm yeah i'm sorry i don't mean to offend you (laughs) (laughs) Whizzy. no no offense taken but um but it is whizzy stuff like like voice activation and um like um the step-by-step work that they're doing as well, which kind of takes all the content involved in a particular service, like you use the learning to drive example, mm-hmm. um, and puts that all in order for the user to be able to navigate really quickly and easily and to understand where they are in the process. It's so brilliant because when you think about things like life, life impacting things like learning how to drive, mm. It can be so daunting. And if you can just shine a light in the darkness and say, look, these are the eight steps that you need to get your driving license. Let's tackle step one and let's do it all in the same journey. At least you can tick that off. How amazing is that? You don't need to rootle around the internet. You don't need to Google the internet. That's another phrase we've been using a lot recently (laughs) to find the answers. It's just all in one place. I mean, it's bliss. It is. And it's great. And it has been a really big year for for Gov.uk. And it's really amazing to see them um, kind of developing this stuff and and, um, the new stuff that's happening. plug time as well if you want to find out more about this we did a podcast with neil williams who um up until recently was head of gov.uk he left at, in uh september i think mm-hmm. it was to go and be head of digital at croydon council but before he left we recorded a podcast with him in which he said this there's a whole load of stuff we can do yeah absolutely so we're sort of you know <clears throat> we're iterating wildly again i'd say you know <laughs> like back to that back to that feeling of of um you know early early gov.uk of where we're actually we're able to turn ideas into into you know working working software and working product yeah, yeah. Re- relatively quickly again yeah so some of the stuff we're doing now is actually you know it's greenfield stuff again we're back to you know some, a lot of the ideas we had around making the publishing system like right way back when in you know the early days of GDS um, making the publishing system like really intuitive and um, uh, and you know giving data intelligence to publishers so that they can understand how services are performing and see where to prioritize and get like really rich insights about you know how their stuff as a department is 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 working for users. So yeah, we talk a lot about transformation, and it's time to talk about collaboration. About collaboration. Um, what do we mean by collaboration? What do we mean? Well, collaboration basically it means working together, which is. The thing. I do actually know the answer to this. Sorry, in case the, <laughs> no, this the is, audience think I don't listen, know. Listeners should probably be clear. This is a bit of a. This is an interviewing trope, <laughs> which is to ask a question that you know the answer to in order to elicit a comment from the person that you're talking to. And just because we're asking each other these things doesn't mean that. Sarah, tell me about GDS and what it does. We do actually, yeah, know know what this means, or I think we do know what this means anyway. Um, but collaboration, in order to answer to your question, Sarah. <laughs> Um, it basically means working together, which is, of course, what GDS has done um, since the very beginning. So GDS was set up to work with and across government to help them um, develop digital services, transform what they're doing and make things better for users um, and collaborate. We can't do this stuff unless we are collaborating, unless we are working together. Um, and. Um, what we mentioned Sprint um, earlier as well, which is the big event that we held back in May, um, where GDS and other people from across government talked about the really cool things that they were doing, and there was a strong collaboration angle throughout that. Um, and there were a lot of really good case studies, interesting case studies of work that was going on. And then there was one that um, 
uh, after the day we were kind of looking back on Twitter and talking to people who'd been at the event and they were saying oh there's one that made me cry and, mm. like I didn't expect to and I went to this workshop and I came out and I was so emotional that um, that I was weeping um, and it was a workshop about open standards and um, this was um, one of the well this was the case study that they used right, take me says to me Hands on. Okay, belt, he's got a belt on. Get his belt. Up. Okay. In you come, fella. Okay, alright. So for the benefit of people who obviously couldn't see what's happening, because that was a video clip and uh, we played it on a podcast, which is an audio medium, so it's quite a lot of um, in indiscreet splashing, but what was actually happening there was that that was someone being rescued. Um, a real they, person. Uh, they, yeah, it, that was kind of um, uh, a field video clip, or however you describe it, from the RNLI rescuing someone from um, from the River Thames. And um, the reason that was played in an open standards workshop is um, open standards are super important when it comes to things like emergency services because you might get various emergency services like the police or RNLI or the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency kind of responding to various incidents at the same time and they need to be able to share information about those incidents really, yeah. really quickly. And, I mean, the kind of the profound takeaway from this is not, I mean, obviously people's lives are being saved, but the launch time for lifeboats is reduced mm. from 10 to 15 minutes to under two minutes. I mean, that's incredible. If you think like, of what can happen in, even in, in two minutes to someone who's, yeah. you know, in the water Falling in the Thames in, in December and you don't want to be in there for 10 to 15 minutes. So it's amazing. I mean, that, that, and that's a really, because it, it, what is, I mean, obviously this got people really emotional because you're seeing a video of someone literally being pulled out of the Thames and the work that you have done to develop an open standard or to develop a, a common system for sharing information which seems like a really abstract thing like yes but then you kind of see the real world example of this stuff and that's that's really amazing and um, we spoke to terence eden who's the open standards lead at um gds about open mm. standards and he if you want to find out more listen to that podcast but there are some things that you think are so mundane in kind of like mm. in a theoretical sense but the real world practical kind of um outcome is mm. is so so important so highly recommend you listen to that mm. yes another plug for the podcast which is a good thing yes um and also one of the big things um staying on this collaboration theme um that we've been doing is helping government um work together and building capability through things like the gds academy which has gone from strength to strength this year there have been some big milestones they have um we're nearing ten thousand. um would we call them students uh, colleagues. Students, colleagues, civil servants, people trained through the... Those were the first to learn. We've hit almost 10,000 <laughs> that have passed through the GDS Academy and yeah. um, about 1,000 of those students have been through the Agile Foundation course. Yeah. This is really important work because it's, it's showing people um, the opportunities that, that digital government brings for, um, yeah. for their skills and capability and for their, for their jobs as well. I mean, people are kind of, you know training in new and interesting jobs because of the GDS Academy and that's that's really exciting. What I think is super cool about it is that people can feel left behind mm. when things move yeah. forward and we, when people move from different processes and the digital can be quite a daunting thing and uh, you know uh, something that they feel like might be a stumbling block to them might prevent them from continuing their work in the civil service but what the, the Academy does is say actually 
we can support you in your knowledge. Yeah. We can support you in your growth. And if you want to learn about all these like really cool, interesting things that we're doing and the ways of working as well, that's open to you. So we're not just abandoning people who yeah. don't have that digital expertise. We're saying, here's a foundation course that will help you get up to speed and you know give you the confidence to go and bring it back to your departments and deploy it. You're right, because I think that's one of the things about digital, not not just in government, I suppose, but in general, is it can be seen as quite a cliquey thing. It's mm-hmm. like, if you understand this digital thing, then you're part of it. But if you don't, then you know, you're kind of, as you say, you might get left behind. And the idea that we're, through the GDS Academy, able to kind of bring people into this is really cool and make it not a cliquey thing but make it a big kind of you know community yeah of, of, of civil servants so that's really cool um so yeah so they've done um like you said they're approaching ten thousand students um we've got new academy classrooms in the gds building i think just the floor below us looks as we speak, very swish which does look very swish indeed and they did a pop-up in canada as well which was did quite they cool. yeah and they did a um, went over there and spoke to the Canadian government about what they'd done at the GDS Academy and after that the Canadian government set up their own so wow. there you go and it's been an exciting year for Gov.UK Verify as well the government's uh, online identity assurance platform because the standards and guidelines which currently underpin the way Verify works are now being opened up to the private sector to build on and what this means is that um, in principle Uh, the same digital identity platform that helps you check your state pension could in future also help you check your savings account too and other things that you do in your kind of day-to-day non-government life. So that's really exciting as well. So we've done transformation. We've done collaboration. Let's move on to innovation. Which I feel is my specialist subject. <laughs> You've been do you doing want to see the music? Uh, dun, 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 dun. Is, what, is this innovation music? Oh, that, I know, that was Mastermind. <laughs> sorry, that reference just went straight in my head. Oh dear. Dun, 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 dun. Sarah Stewart. On yep. innovation. Yep. So 2018 has been a big year for innovation, and not just in this government, in governments all across the world. Mm. So in summer, I'm sure you um, heard that the French government announced a £1.5 billion investment in research into artificial intelligence. Um, the Singaporean government, um, well, actually, the Prime Minister said that innovation was an obsession, obsession. for not just an interest, an obsession. <laughs> Um, and countries like Norway are doing some really interesting things. Actually, the Prime Minister launched this um, program, calling it kind of Tinder, to nice. um, so governments helping clean tech industries reach out to international markets. To so literally hook up with those markets. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but what we're interested in is the UK. Sorry, mm. let me bring you back. Let's land at Heathrow and tell you about what's happening <laughs> in this country. So early this year, we published the survey of all kind of emerging tech activity across government. Mm. So we know um, the extent and where innovative activity with emerging tech is happening. Mm-hmm. So we know, for example, like we mentioned earlier, that Gov.uk is using supervised machine learning, yeah. as is the UK Hydrographic Office, and that Bayes, Diffid and DEFRA are using big data and sensors to improve agricultural yield and protect crops. So lots of cool stuff happening, but I think um, one of the things we talked about a lot that's that's really interesting is that um, all this work kind of going on in isolation is is great and really exciting, but for, to have an effect, you kind of need to have an overarching strategy. You need yes. to be able to do it in the right way. You need to be able to make sure that you're not just chasing after the latest shiny thing. And whizzy things. Whizzy things mm-hmm. to, to make it a theme. Um, and um, Sarah, you interviewed Terence Eden, um, as you've already mentioned, for the podcast that we published a couple of months ago. And, and Terence had some words about this as well. 
How do we make sure that government doesn't just grab at the new fashionable tech because it's new and fashionable? The, the author William Gibson has a beautiful quote, which is, the future is already here, it's just not very evenly distributed yet. That's not really the case. The future isn't here. We've got glimpses that if we can build this huge data set, then we will be able to artificial intelligence, the blockchain into the cloud and magic will happen. And yeah, you're right. People just go a little starry eyed. So, Sarah, how do we avoid people being all starry-eyed and just chasing after the latest whizzy new technology? We use a strategy, strategy. Angus, yes, which is exactly what the minister announced after the publication of the survey. Mm -hmm. So it was good that we had a landscape of, um, we, we had a much better understanding of the emerging tech that was being used across yeah. government, but we needed to round it up with a strategy and to ensure that we're moving forward in a clear and sensible way, the strategy was the thing. Yeah. So GDS is leading this, but the minister has been um, attending quite a few um, engagement meetings to get the expertise from tech leaders and academics and mm -hmm. practitioners in the field about what this strategy needs to address because we don't want to get into the situation where in five years time or 10 years time we're playing catch up. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be published in the spring. Brilliant. Look forward to it. Look forward to seeing what what um, what we have to say in that. Um, one more thing, we've, um, we talked about this um, earlier on, but uh, the the idea of the academy um, and GDS as a whole kind of upskilling and helping build capability across the civil service and digital, we've been taking that into emerging technologies as well through the pilot um, emerging technology development programme. And, and Sarah, you spoke again to Terence Eden about this because I think he's one of the first people who went through the pilot. Yes, that's right. So the idea is that there are going to be people who are skilled up, specialists in emerging technology, so they can go into departments across government to help other teams, kind of spreading the word. Mm -hmm. um, the pilot was run earlier this year and you're right, yeah, Terence Eden was on there. Um, and here's what he thought of it. And I think that's what the Emerging Technology Development Programme is about, is making sure that civil servants can code, making sure that they understand how they would build an AI system, understand what the ethics are, learn about what the reasons for and against using a, a bit of technology like distributed ledgers are. Because otherwise, we end up with you know, people just buying stuff which isn't suitable. So super important stuff. And just one final, um, well, final, but super important part of um, the innovation work that GDS has been doing over the last year is the GovTech Catalyst Challenge. Yes, that's right. So um, this is a £20 million fund, which mm -hmm. is designed to incentivise tech companies to help the public sector with challenges that they may face. So two really cool things about this is it's dealing with really interesting public sector challenges, like how do you deal with um, loneliness and isolation in rural areas, or how do you help track um, a waste chain across its whole process, um, or how do you help to keep firefighters safe um, when they're out on emergency calls. Um, but what it's also doing is bringing in the interesting emerging technologies, so things like artificial intelligence or location sensing or um, wearable tech, and kind of using them on these specific examples, but by doing that, it's sort of proving the value to the wider public sector as well. So if you use an emerging technology in one particular incident, mm -hmm. or in one particular incident, you might then um, find other applications for it in the public sector. So it's kind of like a testing ground for stuff uh, yeah. as well, which is, which is really exciting. Um, 
But yeah, I think um, what is really cool about this is that the GovTech Catalyst Fund has been going now um, for some time, and, and, and as you mentioned, there have been a number of challenges launched, and we're starting to see um, potential where it could um, tackle real issues, like I mentioned earlier about keeping firefighters safe. The other really cool thing as well is that it's a London team, so the team is mm. based in London, but the challenges that are coming in are not solely London-based challenges. Mm. They've come from all over the country mm -hmm. as well. Let's hear from Wales. If I was to wear the tracking device and I was committed to a building, it would make me feel um, safer because I know that if any of my other communications fail or if I'm needing assistance, then they're going to know where I am. So that's um, Mid and West Wales Fire Service who have a GovTech challenge competition out for the moment for um, tracking for firefighters um, when they're out on emergency calls. Yes. And the other beautiful thing, if beautiful. I can call it beautiful, <laughs> if I can call boosting the economy beautiful, is that it gives small, kind of nimble SMEs a chance mm. to do business with yeah. government. So it's not just monopolised by massive companies. It's really helping the burgeoning GovTech sector to, to grow. Yeah. And this is one very tangible way in which it's happening. It's helping the right people work on the right problems. Correct. Which is what it's all about. That was innovation. Yes. So we've done it all. We've done it. We've that done transformation, collaboration and innovation. And that was um, an overview of 2018 at GDS. What was your favourite moment of 2018, Sarah? Good question. I think it was April when the late Jeremy Hayward mm -hmm. came in to talk to the organisation. I was impressed by the amount of stuff that he knew because his portfolio must have been enormous and to know in kind of very precise detail exactly what's happening in every part of government was really inspiring, not only from a digital perspective, but also as a civil servant. Yeah. I just think, wow, it's colossal intellect deployed just brilliantly. Yeah, so I think I'd agree with you about um, when Lord Haywood came in and he was, like you said, he was such an impressive speaker and... Mm -hmm. um, showed such a massive intellect but also a real interest and passion about what GES was doing and, and like you say his brief was so massive that he would have had to have a handle on so many different parts of government and um, for him to come in and, and be really interested and engaged and talking to individual people and talking to the organisation as a whole was, was sort of super impressive. So, yeah, I think that was definitely a, a, a highlight for me. Um, and I think the other highlight was um, something we talked about quite a lot, which was Sprint, which was super hard work, I think, for everyone involved, but really amazing and really amazing to um, see people at GDS and people from across government kind of get the opportunity to talk about the work that they've been doing and see the reception that that got and, you know, having a, a, a workshop at Open Standards that left people in tears and things like that. It's like really like, For the amazing. Right <laughs> it's quite set so up. That, that was really cool. Um, and um, next year, what are you most looking forward to? Spring. Because in spring, the innovation strategy will be published. Uh, the strategy. The strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how about you? Um, for me, I guess um, it's a bit of a cop out answer, but more of the same. I think. I think. What I really value about GDS is that um, there are lots of organisations that use words like transformation and collaboration and innovation and other words like that, but use them in quite intangible ways and just don't really deliver against them. And I think what we've proved over the last year is that we are delivering loads of really tangible, amazing things. Mm -hmm. And there are things that we and other parts of government have done this year that are changing people's lives. Um, and that, to me, is 
like that's the reason GDS exists. It's like we talk the talk, but we're delivering the stuff as well, and we're actually doing stuff and more tangible things. And the innovation strategy is part of that, obviously, and, and seeing tangible outcomes from that. More people using common components, more services that have been transformed in a way that's going to help people um, kind of go about their lives and make people's lives better. And um, I think just the the stuff that we've done over this last year has been brilliant, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it next year. So that wraps up 2018 and the 2018 Year in Review podcast. What a year it's been. What a year it's been. Wait. Wait. We've forgotten to mention the most exciting thing that's going to happen in 2019. <sighs> What's that? The continuation of the GDS podcast series. Of course. Um, so this is, as I mentioned before, this is the fourth episode of the GDS podcast that we've done, and we've got plenty more exciting ones planned. So if you've enjoyed this one and you enjoyed the previous ones that we've done, then go to wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to the GDS podcast because we've got a ton more exciting stuff happening next oh, year. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Oh, you're welcome. And goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.